Hello and welcome to Lost Over Everything Podcast. This is the podcast where we receive stories, tips, and tactics from entrepreneurs who have done it. Today, we have an amazing guest on our show. We have a treat for you, Mike Bamboo. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Mike he Russo. is an entrepreneur, creative, and I'm really impressed with this story, so I can't wait. So, Mike, thank you thank for joining you, us, Thank man. you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Mike Russo. I appreciate nice you guys. You, Thanks for coming through, man. Of course, All man. the way to Mississauga. You know what I'm saying? Where every downtown man dreads to come through. Like, <laughs> no. Nah, that place is Brampton, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Brampton gets such a bad rap. I actually pretty, I like it. Like, nice homes, like, you know, good family town. Because it's what far. There's it's a lot far. of bad drivers. There's not as much things that's, to do in Brampton. I say, the yeah. insurance rates there, like, it's like you pay a premium. Uh, to drive in Brampton. Exactly. I feel like Brampton is too far from everything, bro. Yeah. Like coming downtown, you have to like leave and then go like it's, yeah, it's, it's I wouldn't a, live over there. Yeah. It's a lot. It's the house is dope, Brampton, but it's though. cheap. No, no, no hate but, for Brampton. Yeah. No hate, no hate yeah. for Brampton. So, you let you, six buzz handle that. Six buzz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The focus of today is Ox God. Mm, so yes. we'll start of the inception of it. So, so yeah, so I was at a party, uh, I think it was like 2015, like a year after I got laid off. And mm-hmm. I was always kind of like looking for the next thing that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, photography was going well at that time. And I was like, I always knew like getting close to my 40s, I didn't want to be shooting like weddings as much just because like, like eventually I'm going to have a family soon. I, I, you know, I hope to have a family soon. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to leave if I had kids on a Saturday to mm-hmm. go shoot weddings. Like that's what I was kind of thinking. And I always knew photography photography could be very a very local thing mm-hmm. and I was like man I want to do something that's very global you know where I want an idea that I can kind of like touch the world yeah. so um photography is going well 2014 after I got laid off and then 2015 I'm at a party or 2015 or 2016 I can't really honestly I can't really remember it's just a blur um it's Canada day I'm at my friend's party uh he's hosting and I'm just like have a little Bluetooth speaker and I'm just playing old school jams and I'm like just kind of having fun playing DJ. And uh, this guy comes up to me and he's like, yo, why don't we have like a sound clash? And I'm like, absolutely. What, what's a sound clash? True. So a sound clash is like an old school sound clash when yeah. you have two artists are on stage mm-hmm. and like they'll be like dissing each other. You know, they'll have they'll play like rhythms and they'll just like freestyle mm-hmm. and they'll just like diss each other and just kind of make songs on the spot about each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and they'll play their own songs and that sort of thing. So I, he's like, let's have a sound clash. And I was like, cool. Like, we'll just play music back and yeah, forth yeah, yeah. to see who has like the hotter jams. So it's kind of like a versus before the verses. Before the verses, exactly. So you, like, you can say, yeah, we were verses. We were verses before, before the verses. Before yeah, verses. yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't need quarantine for that. Exactly, like exactly. That. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're at my friend's party for yeah. a Canada Day. And we start playing, like we have two tables. So like my table is like, we're thinking about songs we can yeah. play. And they're thinking about songs they can play. And then my friend who's the host was like, yo, we'll be judges. Cool. So then they start saying like, play female R&B or play female rapper. They start giving us categories. Mm-hmm. So we play, we play, we play for, like, I think maybe like an hour and a half. And I was like, man, this is so dope. Yeah. And I went home that night and I was still thinking about it. I'm like, yo, there's so many songs I could have played. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's so many songs out there that yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have hit them with this. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. And um, I woke up the next morning and I was like, man, it's still my mind. Like, that was so fun. That was so just different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, shit, like, I'll just buy that game if I can find it. Start Googling, Googling a bunch of keywords. I'm like, yo, I can't find anything like this. 
So July 2nd, I was like, shit, I'll just make it myself. Mm-hmm. So the next day, I started like writing questions for the hip hop and R&B game. So just to get some clarity about the, the game, t- how many team members are on each team and do you take turns? Yeah, so for Ox God, um, what I kind of did was I took, I kind of took games that I liked and like I took bits and pieces of games that I thought really worked really well. So there's, before I even get into that, like my family's a big gaming family. Um, every Christmas holiday, like even now, like I, we put together like an amazing race for my family. Like, amazing race. Yeah. We do all these wow. different things. Like this year we're going to do like a like, murder mystery. Like a Mississauga. Yeah. Yeah. Race. Kind of thing. Like we have like different, different like obstacles they have to do, wow. you know, like in, um, the school in front of my, my mama's place. Mm-hmm. So like we've been a big gaming family for years. So for me making a game, it's kind of like, it was meant to it be. was in my, it was in the genes. cards, literally. Yeah. And my mom and my aunts and uncles were always into entrepreneurship. So yeah. I was like, oh, shit, let me give this a try. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was in photography for so long as a, as a business. So it was like, oh, let me just give this a shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't really hard. Um, so uh, what was the question again? Sorry. It was uh, discovering and creating the game. July 2nd. July 2nd. And then we did a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And then by the next July, I was shipping out to the Boxes. people who submitted the Kickstarter. Hold on. So, so before that, before you even got to the Kickstarter, let's talk about actually creating it. So you had the questions down for the game. Yeah. Then did you start like going on uh, Photoshop to create it? How did you actually no. make it? How, yeah. That so the first, the first iteration obviously doesn't look like this because I'm sure like everyone's probably seen the box by now. Yeah, so you go to the website commercial. right now, you can see it. But um, when I was doing photography, uh, a graphic designer reached out to me and she's like, Hey, I really like your photography. Like, do you want to meet up? And I was like, absolutely. She's like, I'm just getting to photography too. But she is like the best that's ever happened to me. Her name is Becky Draper. She's fire. Um, she is a graphic designer. And at the time she was working for a big like agency. Mm-hmm. She was working on like the NHL website, Olympics. Wow. Like she was doing like really big things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, can you rebrand my photography stuff? And she was like, absolutely. So from there, we just kind of developed a relationship and anything I needed like branding for, I was like, yo, Becky, hit me up. Like Becky, like I need your help. Sorry. So from that was questions. I was like, Becky, I want sharp lines. I want artwork. I want like it to look like an art piece of people's homes. You know what I mean? And I want to be like really bright. So if you're in a store, you like, you can't pass it without being like, yo, what is that? Mm -hmm. And then she developed like these kind of ideas and like these logos and stuff and we just kind of tweaked and twisted and see what we mm-hmm. we landed on yeah so, so she would i would send her all the all the all the words like mm-hmm. all the questions and she would put them on the cards and then we have like a big pdf and then we'd send that to production in china and then they would create the box send us a draft look at the draft find, how'd you find mm-hmm. that, that production in china was this alibaba how'd yeah yeah i went to alibaba aliexpress mm-hmm. um i had an excel sheet i took I researched what I kind of wanted the cards to look like, what I wanted the, the box to look like, uh, what size I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, she just basically helped me um, like organize all my thoughts and put it into a package. Yeah. And um, when you're looking at making this product, mm-hmm. what did you do to test out that this could be an actual viable business? that made you like you know what i am actually so certain about this i'm gonna go to alibaba i'm gonna go to aliexpress yeah to make this an actual business become a reality like so you know i said my family is like a big gaming family Mm -hmm. so 
when I was testing it out, I was like, obviously I tested with my family. Yeah. Right. Test with my family and friends first. And um, the first, it was funny because like the first testing I did, yeah. they were like, I don't get it. It was terrible. And I'm thinking like the game is done. It's a wrap. The dream is done. Ready to go. And then they're like, how do you judge this? I'm like, just whatever song is better. Yeah. And they're like, that's so arbitrary. And I was like, okay, so I'll put stipulations in like what the judging criteria looks like. Mm. So I tweaked that. And then um, there were certain categories I had that just didn't work. Like they just kind of like lost like the imp of the game. For example, we had one where I was like, play three songs from an artist. So you'd play three songs and then you play three songs. But after you play like two songs, I already forgot what the first song might have been or the last, like it just, it became too many, like hearing three songs and hearing three songs, like mm -hmm. I just heard six songs as a judge. Yeah. And I'm like, this is too much, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So it's better just to do, you play a song, you play a song, boom. And now it's easier for my brain, you know, to, to, to organize like what song you played, what song versus what song you played. So that was one thing I cut out. Um, another one we had was like, play songs with features mm -hmm. by specific artists. Mm -hmm or like producers. And I'm like, this is not easy for everybody. You know, you kind of want it to be playable. Every card to be playable. So some things I've taken out, they'll probably go in for like another expansion for people who are like hardcore, who know their stuff. Yeah. But um, for like the base pack, it's like, you just want to make it as easy as possible, easily digestible so everyone can play. And every card could be difficult, mm -hmm. but not like impossible, mm. you know? So walk us through, like we open up a pop, box yes what is an example of so two teams you pick out a card yep and then out of that card you have to choose a song that reflects that exactly mood, right yeah so once you choose that what is the judging criteria now so the judging criteria is based on one is like what song did you like better mm -hmm. and was the song that you like typical to the card mm -hmm. so you don't want to play something that's too typical so I always give this example. There's a card in the hip hop deck that's like, single ladies make noise, play a song for a girl's night out. Now, if mm -hmm. I'm a judge and I hear someone play like Beyonce single ladies, I wouldn't give you the point for that. Mm -hmm. There's so many songs that could fit in that card. And I feel like that song is way too typical for that card. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't give you the point. But that's me personally, yeah. right? Maybe you would, maybe you would, but I wouldn't. So when you're judging, it's very like you want to appeal to that judge. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to be too typical, but you also want to slap. You want to give people songs that maybe they haven't heard of in a little long, in a while, in a while, but songs that also maybe feel a little nostalgic. You know what I mean? So you can play the game with who your judges are, mm -hmm. but that's kind of how my criteria is when I've created the game. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I find about like a lot of successful card games, like Cards Against Humanity, yeah. is that the idea of secrecy, right? Mm -hmm. Where if I put down a card, you don't know I put down that card right and i can actually judge that card because i think it's funny right do you find that perhaps there could be some sense of bias if the judge knows the contestant Absolutely. and they can choose that other other person and mm -hmm. how do you get over that bias what do you educate them to like so not be biased in in choosing so the song here's the thing when people are you think that would happen when people are judges they get their simon cowell on mm -hmm. they are so ruthless I have videos on my phone where people are arguing with each other. Like, how could you they're not pick beefing. my song? They're beefing. beefing. Right away. They're beefing. They're like, yo, <laughs> you didn't pick my song. Why didn't you do this? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? This song's not part of that. And the judges are like, yo, that's my decision. It yeah. is what it is. Like, 
carry on. Live Next card. It, yeah. You know what I mean? You guys got to live with it and just move on with it. So the arguing is part of the game. Mm-hmm. And there's even cards I've written that are purposely there to make people argue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because all good games have a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that arguing, that like thing you take home and you're like, yo, I, can't, I still can't believe Sandra didn't pick my card, my song, bro. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know music. I hate when she judges. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) those are the kind of things you want to have when you leave. So, yeah, that's kind of how, um, luckily, music is so emotional to people that it kind of, that bias is not going to go away with people. It kind of helps the game. When do you realize you need to double down on that bias to, like, you know what? The controversy might be a good thing. Let Mm -hmm. me add more questions. That's just going to trigger people. Yeah, so I have, like, cards in there that are, like, very open, vague. Like, play a song from the best rapper alive. Oh, man. So people are just like, okay, I'm going to play Jay-Z. But if you're playing with a younger cousin, maybe like, I'm going to play Drake. I'll play you know what I mean? Like, whatever these new rappers, yeah, these, yeah. Little, these yeah. little guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yo, NBA Youngboy is like the, the new yeah, wing right now. Yep, yep. You know and like Cordae is really good too. Cordae. Like I was talking about Cordae, literally Cordae's today. Fire. I was talking about Cordae, I'm in like, the car. I mean, I, I like the classics. I, I like, I'm of course, I hear you. Jay, yeah. All those guys, but... These little guys, I always call them the Lils. The, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Lils because I just don't, it's not my style. Yeah, know? so I don't yeah. know what's popping. No, I get you, I get you, I get you. But that's the part of the game. So, like, if you're a judge, maybe I wouldn't play one of those Littles that you're grouped in, right? <laughs> I play somebody else. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. But so. that's the whole point of the game. Is like, everyone, if it's a team of three mm-hmm. that are judging, you know, judging is done individually. We're not yeah. judging as a team. So I'm trying to appeal to the majority. Right, you know, because everyone has strategy. Pride in music. It's a strategy, yeah, exactly. Like I'm not some. I might like you, Alex, but my music taste is so different. So even if I, if you choose something, I'm like, nah, I'm gonna stick to the criteria and choose because right. you, you gotta stay true to the art. It's not about you at the end. So I can definitely see right. how this definitely has like a twist to it. That, right. You know, cards of yeah. humanity is more secrecy. So mm-hmm. this is good, man. I can see the vision. Thank you. Yeah. Most definitely. So now let's get into. The Kickstarter now. So you've created the game and you have a minimum viable product, yep. right? Talk us through getting the Kickstarter off the ground. Uh, man, that was a complete like flop. Like I think that was like my worst moment, I think, of this whole process was in the Kickstarter. Really? Absolutely. I didn't prepare for it. I didn't really research it. I was so rushed in my mind to get it out as soon as possible that... Um, all the research I had read, I just kind of ignored. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way how you should do a Kickstarter is you have your product, maybe you make a website that has maybe like a free download, you run ads to it, you know what I mean? And you get emails mm-hmm. and you email them like, hey, you know, we're gonna make a full game of this soon. You, you might do that for like a year. Mm-hmm. The most successful Kickstarters, that's how they do it. They run it like a presidential campaign. Mm-hmm. It's a Kickstarter campaign that's yeah. what you're doing, right? You're campaigning to get people's to attention, get people to get their attention. money, to get their emails, their signatures, their, their excitement. And I did none of that. Yeah, there's right? a lot of prep work that goes into There's so much prep work yeah. that like, I didn't realize how important it was until after I did it. Because yeah. a lot of people don't know is like, if you, the first two days are gonna be your most successful days and your last few days up until your deadline. So like your first two days, you want Kickstarter, the, like the algorithm, to see like, hey, this is getting a lot of money, a lot of attention. We need to put this on the homepage, mm-hmm. right? That's what it does. They put, on, they put on the homepage for you if you do really well. So I didn't get that because I didn't do all that campaign stuff. I had 
like my first day, I think I had maybe a thousand or so dollars. I only needed four. Yeah. You know, I had 25%, but it wasn't enough for Kickstarter to put me on the homepage. What was the reasoning behind choosing the four grand, the 4,000 as a goal? So yeah, what I did was, um, when I was reaching out to Alibaba and AliExpress, I had an Excel sheet yeah. with like the costs and everything. And I thought, you know what, if I can get $4,000, I could get like X amount at the time. You know, things are changing now with COVID, like everything's like kind of all over the place with prices. But at the time I was like, hey, I can get a, a, a solid amount for the $4,000 that I'm looking for. Um, so that was kind of my, my reasoning, like how much it would cost and um, how many I can get. Gotcha, gotcha. So now the Kickstarter is a fail. How much money did you end up getting from the no, Kickstarter? No, it didn't, it didn't fail. It didn't oh. fail. Uh, it was just challenging. It was super challenging. And that 30 days, I, I had crazy anxiety, um, like through the roof. Like I, like I thought about it every day, all day. What's, I, the, what's the anxiety about? Because uh, I just wanted to be successful. Okay. And like that middle is, that middle, like let's say you start your Kickstarter on the 1st of January and it ends on the 30th. The first two days, like you get a lot of, um, you get a lot of uh, people like donating and putting their money and like supporting you. And then like by day seven, it's like crickets, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And I had asked, I had met up with a, an agency who like really pushes people's Facebook campaigns. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get their help. So I paid them and then that flopped. So then I was like, oh, this is gonna be a flop. Mm -hmm. Like this is not gonna work at all. Mm -hmm. So in that middle, like day seven to like 23, I was just like, man this is tough like i don't know what i'm doing like marketing wise i don't know like mm. you know i'm throwing money at agency and they're not they, they didn't come through and i was like well if they didn't come through maybe the game sucks like yeah. maybe it's a wrap maybe like no one likes it like that. yeah maybe no one likes it like that like all the tests i did for people who know me maybe they liked it but in the real world maybe no one likes it you know what i mean like all these thoughts are going through my mind i couldn't sleep like what was that stick um i just wanted i just wanted to be successful just the pride of it. Just the pride yeah, of I just it. wanted to like do something I was super excited yeah. about. And I was like, I think people will fuck with this. Mm -hmm. And just to not get that response back, like immediately I was like, oh shit. Like, so I was like, I was like, this is not gonna work. And like, I had I had this thing called like, I didn't even know what it was at the time, it called like exploding head syndrome, where I would wake up in the morning and I would hear like bangs. Like people were like closing cupboards like super loud. Like after like a day, I was like, what? Or they do construction? Like it was weird. Mm -hmm. And then like by like day three, I was like, nah, this shit is in my mind. Like something's happening. And I Googled it and I was like, yo, this thing. is what I have. Yeah. yeah. I was pushing myself to a point where like I had exploding head syndrome. I was waking up to, like these loud bangs and like bright flashes. It sounds crazy. Wow. Like man's are going crazy, bro. Mm -hmm. Like it was really happening. And um then I was like, okay, like I gotta calm down. Yeah. Like I was reading online like Wikipedia and I'm like, Yo, I gotta calm down. Mm -hmm. Like, I gotta go to sleep early. You know, I can't think about it too much. Yeah. And then towards the end, you know, like I put more money of my own money into the Kickstarter just for updates mm -hmm. to get people to buy into it. And I was, Facebook was really popular at the time. And I was like, hey, you know what? Like, you know, we're seventy-five percent funded. So then people started to put more money in towards the end because it was so close. And we, we made the goal. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, that whole process. And after I did it, I was like, I will never do that again. Never. Do, do you feel like you gave it? you're all for that campaign now reflecting back on it reflect <sighs> no i didn't do it properly mm -hmm. but during the campaign i tried everything i could to make it successful without 
doing the pre-work, which I should have done. Mm -hmm. So during the campaign, like I was trying, I was emailing, I was finding services where I can like download my whole Facebook friends, like their emails. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that how you got the first um, once to get out for that first two days? It was downloading that, that Facebook yes, list? Yes, yes, ah, yes. I was wondering like, how did you get the, that initial traction? Yeah, going? it was called like green something. I don't think they're yeah. around. I, I don't think you can Probably do not, that. Probably not, no. You can, usually, yeah, you can still do that off LinkedIn a little bit, Yeah. but you still you really can't uh, download your Facebook anymore. They'll just put you to your friends list and make you look yeah. at that. So yeah, yeah. It was like really different. Like you could download like your whole friends list emails and stuff like that. So I was doing like things like that. And I was paying for these things. Yeah. You know? I was paying, paying, paying. So how much what, did you have a positive ROI from the Kickstarter? No, no, not at all. I was in the hole. Ooh, how much I was you in the hole. Um, probably two or three thousand dollars. Okay. Because the agency is because the agency got you. Got yeah. you. So the agency was paying to get traffic on Facebook to go to the Kickstarter. Wasn't yes. to a landing page or anything like that. Yes. And, and that it was wasn't successful. Problems. Like, I think I probably got like two or three sales. Yeah. And it was dope because like, I mean, it would have been dope because if it worked, they would have put like thousands of in, in, in there. Right. But for me, it didn't work. Got you. So for moving on from the Kickstarter, um, you have about the 4K, you yeah. know, but you're still in the hole about two. Right. Where do you go from there? Uh, you know, I just fulfilled the orders. You know, uh, I fulfilled the orders. I still work on the game. I still finish it. I do more testing. Mm -hmm. um, How many orders were these um, that you sent out? And like, what was like the margins that you were dealing with when, especially doing a Kickstarter, because you're offering an incentive to get them to, to buy. Yeah. What right? did I do? I think. Um, the incentive. I don't think I even had anything crazy. I know Kickstarter, like people go pretty, like you get free t-shirts and mm -hmm. like all this kind of, I didn't do any of that. Any stretch goals that you had? No, in no, dude, I couldn't afford stretch goals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I couldn't afford stretch goals. That wasn't, I couldn't do that at all. No, mm -hmm. there, I just said, you know what? Keep it simple, just get the game. Yeah. And the game was like 20 bucks. Like it was cheap at the time. You know, like I had a friend who did a Kickstarter. They did it for a bra yeah. and they offered it. So the, the whole concept of the bra was that you know, women's breasts fluctuate in size mm -hmm. over the period, like over the month because of the yeah. period, right? Yeah. So they actually sold the bra at like, it is a crazy, crazy low price mm -hmm. that when they actually went to manufacture it, they're actually in the hole Yeah. with it. So they actually ended up taking out a loan for it. Mm. And I, you know how you're saying Kickstarter failed for you? Yeah. Kickstarter was actually the death of their business yeah. because they couldn't fulfill the orders. Yeah. And now when they actually fulfill the orders, now they're, down yeah that's crazy 30 40 grand yeah luckily that up, you know? luckily that i didn't have that because that would have been another exactly. thing you know so what i mean these are like some of the kickstarter disasters that people yeah. don't think about that if you do not do it right if you don't plan mm -hmm. at all for they, they're planning for nine months yeah they had l magazine they had BuzzFeed. oh wow they had everyone and anyone backing them up yeah that was the whole thing it was just build up towards Kickstarter. Right. Kickstarter happened. They've made uh, they raised 100K. Oh, that's amazing. They, they did 100K, but you have to think about it. That 100K, it's it's not really 100K. No, it's not. Yeah. You got to like get There's all the shipping, shipping There's manufacturing, everything. Like yeah. That. So There's people taxes. are not getting their bras. Right. I, 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 I didn't purchase, but I just donated to the cause because yeah. of my friends. But I just saw like how if you do not plan your Kickstarter right, yeah. these are the disasters that can yeah. happen and you have to take out money right. to do it. So if you look, anybody who's listening, look up the, the coolest cooler 
the coolest the cooler. coolest cooler was a really successful Kickstarter. They had um, big wheels on this cooler mm -hmm. that you can go over sand and stuff like any kind of terrain. Mm -hmm. uh, they had USB ports. They had a radio built in. Like it really was like the coolest cooler. Was it on Shark Tank? I think I saw something like that on Shark Tank. No, this is probably. A, I think that company went out of business. The coolest cooler. Really? Eh? Yeah. So what happened? Um, it was same thing. Same thing, eh? Yeah, same thing. Like they didn't charge enough. Yeah. Um, people didn't get their coolers. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, all the money that they had, they didn't. They didn't have enough money to fulfill their Kickstarter. I think they made like millions in their Kickstarter, but it wasn't enough, and the company folded before it even started. Wow. Yeah. That's tragic. It's a blessing and a curse, this Kickstarter, Indiegogo platforms. Mm -hmm. And Kickstarter, the thing is, if you don't hit your goal, you don't even get the money. You don't get anything. At least Indiegogo, if you actually get 90% yeah. of your money, the, yeah. the goal, you at least get the funds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They give you what, you could, what, you've, yeah. what you've made. But Kickstarter has a cachet, it has the brand, it has everything. Right. So that's where everyone knows, like, ah, what's Indiegogo? Yeah. So Kickstarter, I know what Kickstarter is. Right. Yeah. Most definitely. So, so now. MD, bro. MD. Alex has this thing he keeps saying most definitely like he's in, is a New Yorker or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my tick. You know, everyone has their own audio tick or the yeah, way right. they speak. speak. Yeah. So most definitely something I'm trying to get out of yeah. my own speech. So, you know, after the Kickstarter, mm -hmm. you know, you're still, still seeing a little bit of traction here and there. Yeah. Was Facebook the next step? Yeah, Facebook was the next step. So like I started doing... Um, no, it's not true. I did Instagram first. Okay. Uh, I did influencers. How'd that go? So it was really well. I, I was, that's how I was kind of like paying my bills, like staying afloat was uh, Instagram. So what I was doing was I was um, I was finding these entrepreneur, like black entrepreneurship accounts, and I would send them an ad that I made. Um, I don't think I even had content of people playing at the time. I was just like, you know, this guy made a game, you know, and this kind of how the game works. And then people were actually supporting me, you know, which was crazy. I think I was paying 60 bucks for a post. Then I was making like 1200 Damn. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, I remember I was in New York the first time I went up. I paid my 60 bucks, and I was like, man, I'm just praying like this works. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted to work so badly. And then um, we were driving around. I looked at my phone, and it was just like sales. Shopify. Pays. It was just like, I was like, whoa. I'm like, where is this coming from? Yeah. And, um... I was just like so happy that people were enjoying it. And then after that, people started to send me videos of them playing it. And I was like, this is crazy. Mm. I can't believe people are playing it the way how I tested it. And it's, you know, it's real. Like people are understanding how the game the works. The concept. This now, you're like, yeah, I'm onto something. I'm onto something now, you know what I mean? And I was like, whoo. So I did that for a long time. And then. Um, how long how long's a long time? Like six months or a year? No, I think I, bought, I did that up for about like a year. Okay. What year was this? Well, I can't remember now, like 2017, <laughs> 2017 maybe. Yeah, well. 2017, 2018. I had ended up buying like my first Kickstarter campaign. I bought 300, and then I think I bought 2,000 after. And I think the first 300, I I gave them to the Kickstarter, like um, the people who helped. You know, like the the uh, what do you call it? Surprise? The, the donors. The, the donors. Yeah, the donors. The donors. Yeah. And then um, the rest of the orders, I think I just gave them all away. Like I see people like George Shambalapas on downtown. I'm like, Arr! I'm like, yo, I made this. Like, try it, play it, try it. You know what I mean? Take a picture, put it on Instagram. Like, mm -hmm. I was just doing stuff like that. People I knew, like from the creative community, I'm like, yo, just take it. Boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah. I was just kind of just giving away because when I first started photography, that's what I did. I went mm -hmm. on Kijiji, and I was like, I need work, and I'll just shoot you for free. Mm -hmm. So the same thing I did for this. I was like, I want you to play, 
take it for free. Same also, kind of concept. I also read that um, you were sending emails to all these bloggers, all these magazines to yeah. get you covered. And uh, they came back to you and they said that we don't cover hip hop. Yeah. And then you ended up taking a trip to New York. Yeah, that was the trip in New York when I was like... When you're, you're posting, I saw that video yeah. as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So walk us through that. Like, what was it that they didn't like about the game, even though you had a proof of concept? You know what it was, man? Um, I, I, I just can't... I, there's so many things. Like, maybe it's hip-hop. So I got... It's hip-hop. Is it, like, too black or something like that's that? That's what I was thinking. But, like, no one wasn't tell you that, right? Yeah. It was, it was... That was a problem. It was... Some writers were on strike... Like, uh, like they're not getting paid properly, so they weren't writing anything and they were getting paid for it. And that's a scam too with writers. Like when you go to like these Vice, like they're not called, they're, they're editorials, right? They're not, they're, they're, well, they're advertorials. Advertorial. Something, something like that they call, mm-hmm. where like you have to pay to get written about, you know? Yeah. Right? So it's like, I'm like, oh, this is a scam. Like no one's writing from the goodness of their heart. No. They're writing because like you paid Vice you know, like three grand or whatever the case may oh, be. Yeah, it's a, it's a big business. I'm like, I didn't know that. I thought they were writing because they had good stories. I'm like, oh, this is a scam. So I'm walking in here. I'm like writing my stuff. And like everyone's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, fuck it. I'll just do advertising. I'll do guerrilla marketing on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went to New York. Don't sleep, though. That's actually a tactic a lot of people are using now is that uh, Vice, Forbes, Forbes. tactic you yeah. know, where, where they're paid to get written up. And then they'll have the they'll pay traffic on that ad mm-hmm. for that story, and then they'll um, bring the traffic. They'll have the backlink to yep. the website, and that's like a whole funnel they do. Yeah, like I just didn't have the time. I didn't have the money at the time. Yeah. Right now I could do that, yeah. but I didn't have the money at the time. And even still now, I feel like, yo, I'm not doing it. Like I feel like I would. I don't want to do it just because like it's just so shady. It doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel it's not authentic yeah. at all. Like, yeah. just. Do your job, bro. Like, you get paid. Like, I'm sure if you email them on the side and you're like, hey, I'll give you, like, a couple hundred bucks. Could you write this? You might be able to slip through, you know? Or they're like, oh, we need, they're like, oh, we need, like, editor-in-chief to, to process this. And I'm like, so if I pay, it's a yes no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I can have a crappy product, but I'm crappy guaranteed product. to get. You know, this is why I, was, I, I used to read Hypebeast a lot. Yeah. And over time, I was like, this doesn't seem genuine, authentic. Right. You know, I used to go there to like look at the street style photos. Yeah. Yeah. Over time, I started I started noticing that is actually fading off, and mm-hmm. it was more addy, like more yeah. advertised. Hey, look at this new brand by right. Shika Momomoto from yeah. like Japan, and <laughs> yeah. he came to New York, and this jacket is like three thousand dollars. Yeah. Hey, you any consumer who's like in high school, college, buy this three thousand dollar jacket. I was like, this does not make sense for That's the exactly audience. That's exactly how I felt. You know what and mean? like you can put your money into it and like it doesn't mean you're going to get a sale you just yeah. get like the you know the the, the, the the ego trip of being like yo i was featured on forbes man I've, I've 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 known a couple of people who've been featured on forbes and i asked them i was like how did you feel after you got featured on forbes yeah they're like honestly like the buzz was so good for two days but after that no one really cared yeah it's like people actually care about are yeah. you really successful are you really right. producing but those Forbes articles get you to the door. It gets you. Yeah, they could. Yeah, for sure. People opening their LinkedIn messages for you once you put it on true things. Hey, it's yeah. featured on Forbes. It's yeah. featured on Complex and everything yeah. like that. No, it is true. Like those things, it can help. I just don't. I just. I'm just like. I, I. I might do it. Like I'm not saying I wouldn't, but like I don't want to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want true. to, but like I might have to at one point. Yeah. But 
right now, and the thing is, like you said, two days, and then you have to find out how to make money for the rest of the month. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. You got to figure it out. Like you have to do your own marketing every day, all day. Man, it's like everyone's like on their phones. People are pumping out news. People are pumping out content. Yeah. Um, it's like scroll, 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 like doping, 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 like yeah. read your story. Oh my God, I like this, my guy. Boom, forgot, forgot you. Unless you come yeah. back again and exactly. again and again, yeah. promoting your stuff, I'm not going to remember you because right. I'm being bombarded from TikTok, Twitter. Yeah, you're going to be distracted so easily. Yeah. LinkedIn yeah. now is actually becoming even a distraction. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. Are you here? We're in your warehouse. Give us mm -hmm. the tour. What's going on here? So yeah, this is the warehouse here. It's a, it's a shared space. Um, I share with three other people, as you can see, like this guy has a lot of the space. He does a lot of scaffolding. So like during the week, he's got, you know, a lot of contractors and construction workers coming and picking this stuff up. And then in this space right here is a library. It's like a bookstore, I think downtown, and they probably have like the majority of the warehouse. And then I got my spot just, just right here. How did you find this spot? Uh, Kijiji. GGA. Yeah, yeah. And because what happened was I knew I was getting a big shipment that was coming in and I was getting a little nervous because I was like, I need a place to put it. Mm -hmm. And I had bought, I think, 150 square feet at Apple storage mm -hmm. and it was costing like 400 bucks, like a month. Damn. And then I got it two months early and then the stuff were delayed. So that was just paying for the storage that I wasn't using. Yeah. And then um, I was still looking for space because I was like, Honestly, 150 isn't really that much. Mm -hmm. And it's one level, no racks, right? Yeah. It's like you throw the garage door open. Whatever it is, yeah. So then um, I was on Kijiji still looking and I didn't even put anything in that space. Mm. And I found this space and I was just like, man, I, I came in, I was like, I need this. Yeah. I need this, and like this long? is what I want. Have you been in here for? Um, I've been here officially since September, hmm. 2021. Yeah. So it's pretty recent. Really recent. Yeah. And when I came in here, like there was there was a guy here before. He had like a couch up here. Like he it was just like obviously way different, right? Yeah. And he uh I emailed him and I was like, hey, you're leaving. Can I buy these racks from you? Because these racks are like fifteen hundred each. Like they're expensive. Fifteen hundred each. Yeah, they're expensive. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go on U line, check it out. Like they're expensive. And there's extra ones back there too. Like I have extra racks if I get go to another space. Racks on racks on racks. Trust me. And he was like, um, he's like, yo, you can have the racks. You can have the desk. He's like, he even threw in the fridge. He was like, you can have everything for 500 bucks. What? Yeah. And I was like, easy. Done. 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 I'll give you $500 right now. Wow. So I got super lucky. No, that's and the, the landlord here is super cool. Like, gave me a key. I can come 24-7 whenever I want. Yeah. Yeah, it's dope. So how'd you learn that to use a forklift? Or is it just natural? <laughs> Yo, you know what's so crazy how life works? My first job, I worked at Rona. Okay. When I was in high school. The how-to people. The how <laughs> yeah. When, I, when I, I worked at Rona, when I was like 15, 16. Yeah. And from there, I learned how to use a forklift. Yeah. I haven't driven a forklift since I was like 18 years old. And then it came right back to you, muscle memory. Boom. Easy. It's funny, mm -hmm. like, like riding a bike. Skills transferable skills yeah, yeah. it's like renting a bike yeah. and the reason why i got fired from that job i was taking photos inside the warehouse that's hilarious and i became a photographer later on <laughs> that's hilarious. life is crazy bro is well, these, uh, crazy. things turn around like that yeah man. <laughs> yeah yeah and like how does it feel like you know like when you have a business and you get in a warehouse when people come and see you're like wow you're in a warehouse it's mm -hmm. like a signal of 
you're booming, you're successful. Ever since you've like come in the warehouse, what's that done to your psyche and mentality? Like, is that a signal of growth? No, nah, that's a good question. Cause you know, I, honestly, like, like once I had the skids all over the place, yeah. I was like, man, this is so much work. Cause the next day I had another 16 coming in and I had my mom, my sister, like everyone, like family just coming here and to help me organize. And like, it was super overwhelming. But when we got everything in and I was like using the space, I was like, yo, should I have a warehouse, bro? Yeah. Like, should I actually have a warehouse? Like I have, I'm not at my house anymore. It's like a sign you're I'm making not in the it. basement. Yeah, you're on the way to like get yeah. to where you want to be, man. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm not in the basement anymore. Facts. So tell me about the setup here. Uh, so this is, when we got, like when I first got the order, it was 45,000 games. Wow. 45,000. 45,000. So can you explain the 45,000 in a game? Like, is that like a, a box or cards? Like, what do you mean yeah, 45,000 so in a game? So there's 45,000 actually like individual boxes. Got you. In those boxes. So all these big cartons hold 30. Mm. Yeah. So there's four, there was 40, uh, order was 45,000. Some went to the distributor in Atlanta okay. and um, most of them came here. Uh, so we have every genre here, hip hop, R&B, yeah. soca, dancehall, pop, country. They're all here. Mm -hmm. What was crazy when I first got this, when I first got the shipment, the distributor needed, I think 3,200 pop games. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, I wish you had just told me that from the jump because I would have just told the manufacturer to send it to you directly. So I get all these skids, right? And they're all over the place. The 3,200 that I needed are in maybe four on that skid, two on that skid, mm -hmm. none on that skid. Mm -hmm. So every skid, I'm going through it looking for what they need. Mm -hmm. It took me all day. I had to get my mom my aunts come here and like to go through every skid they gave, pick out what we needed to put it aside for them mm -hmm. and then rewrap it. Tell me how you, how you pitched your auntie to come, <laughs> to come in. <laughs> you know what? So before that, like they were coming on the weekends. Okay. Like we, I call them like these packaging parties. Yeah. And like, I would like obviously feed them and like we'd have music. We pick out all these, we have like four of these tables and chairs and everyone just kind of comes and they just like, stuff rap mm -hmm. stuff rap stuff rap jokes you know that mm -hmm. kind of thing we're just like kind of having fun with each other yeah and then we just like kind of packed them all into these big white bins so they knew the shipment was coming so when i was like hey i just got the shipment they were like do you need help like we'll come i can come after work kind of thing so it wasn't a hard sell mm -hmm. but um i really appreciate all their help because yeah it took it took hours it took me three days mm -hmm. to organize wow. three days yeah, i was bust i was so tired Man, that's a blessing to have your family yeah. just come in and help you and they don't want anything back. They just want to see you succeed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. How does that make you feel like when no, you see it's, that? It's honestly good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. It's really, it's really good. It's good. I'm like just really blessed to have that many people because be, sometimes it's like eight of us mm -hmm. here on like a Sunday at noon, Man, just like packaging. They want to see you win. Right? <laughs> Take that in on a weekend. Yeah. You're spending packaging boxes. Just packaging stuff. Back and to just back sometimes. Aside. Yeah. That's amazing. So we man. have... Like we'll fill those white containers mm -hmm. and then in Q4 when things are crazy, like I was going through one of these containers in like, I want to say in a week mm -hmm. and you can put like 800 games in there. Damn. Yeah. 
So it was like less than a week, I think, ish. Like I was like finishing one of those things. Mm -hmm. So they would have to come back like the next week. They're like, do you need help next week? And I was like, no, I don't think so. But then I would increase the ad spend because I was like, yo, things are going well. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, yo, I need you guys to come back because like it's done. Yeah. Right. Who's treating the business as if, you know what? Like this is, I'm, this is my company too. Like the way I'm helping. You know what? I think my, my mom. Yeah. My mom probably is the most like, move this here, do this. Like, Michael, put the garbage. Like, she's like, I'm like, so I'm like, mom, just she's chill. Like, Relax. Hire as a COO, chief yeah. operating <laughs> yeah. officer or something yeah. like she's, that. Yeah, she's probably the most like um, excited about it. But like, yeah. everyone is pretty much like, they care. Yeah. You know? Like, they all put their work in. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all like getting super dirty, moving stuff around. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you you couldn't have, like, if I if they were employees, they'd be the best employees you can find. Because when you get employees, sometimes like they get tired. Best employees. They, yeah, I some could. employees just come in, clock in, exactly. clock out. I did my Not thing. Them, like but they, they do it with passion. Yeah, and yeah. that's hard to find. Especially We're pretty close. So it's the good. startup phases. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, super amped for you, bro. For sure. Thank you. You know, now that you've got the company rolling, how has logistics been for you? Yeah. So like supply chain has been pretty crazy because of COVID. So I, raw materials were up. I think it's like 20, 25 percent. Um, Shipping containers are backed up. Mm-hmm. They're not sending as much shipping containers out. So you kind of have to wait until your turn where they can get you in a shipping container. Mm-hmm. Um, when they do, there's a backlog like in Vancouver or in California to get your stuff to you. Um, some of this stuff I have here was supposed to get delivered to me in uh, October, November. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it until December, yeah. you know? And because they were waiting at the port, um, then, you know, other things happen like BC had that flood, mm-hmm. right? So they couldn't take my products from BC to Toronto by train. They had to wait because they had to replace the train tracks. So it's like other things are just happening. So it's COVID and like the increase in prices of everything. Mm-hmm. And like there's a backlog at the port. Now, now the flooding, like you re- replace the train tracks. So like all this is happening, Everything's you know down, what I mean? Yeah. And I'm getting bills from like, the government being like, you know, this was at the port for too long, you know, pay up. We need 8K. It's like, bro, like, you know, this is crazy. No, it's not. You know, it's just like all of these things are happening because nothing's running smooth right now for like anybody that's like doing supply chain stuff. Yeah, I'm noticing that too. A few of my clients are having a lot of issues when it comes to getting stuff from other countries coming in, yeah. getting help at the ports. And it's affecting their like their cogs, their, their cost of goods sold. Yes. So uh, how are you balancing that? I noticed that you have four products, you know. You know. Mm-hmm. So are you trying to bundle that to increase your average order value to, yeah. to try and get some money back? Yeah. So we had to do some smart things. Um, so what I used to do was if you buy two, you get 10% off of the full order. Now what I do is you buy two, you just get free shipping. Mm-hmm. Now I have to charge for shipping because I wasn't charging for shipping before. Um, because it was like 25 bucks with free shipping. And it was like, just an easy transaction for the customer to, you know, to dissect, to, to digest, you know? For the website, boom, 25 bucks, to my door, easy. Now with everything changing, you know, we've had to charge for shipping, charge for express shipping, uh, give away free shipping if you buy two, no more discounts. You know, we've had to do things like that just to, you know, pay for things like the, the games, you know, warehouse space, you know? Um, people that I have like on payroll now, mm-hmm. you know, I, there's things that just have to be paid. Mm-hmm. How many people are on payroll? Uh, three. Interesting. Well, yeah. What are some of the roles? 
uh, blog writer. Okay. Um, we have like a virtual assistant who's doing a lot of the Instagram content, putting the posts in the blogs. Um, I'm looking for two more playlist creators, um, just things like that. And I have one, one playlist creator, but I'm looking for two more, um, just for different genres. Uh, yeah, but just you know, keeping things like lively and fresh. And that's where I am right now, just because, uh, you know, I think I'm at a point now where I can afford to pay people for the things that like I can't do or I don't have time to do, which is which feels so good because um, some of these ideas I've had had on the list of to do lists since like 2016 and when I was like visualizing what I wanted to do. And now I can finally do it because, you know, things are starting to go in a direction where I'm not flipping and buying games like every three months. Mm -hmm. That was a big problem last year. You know, like you would make, you know, X amount of dollars and then you have no more. And then you're like, okay, well, I need to buy more. And everything you made, you'd have to buy more. So you had no money, yeah. you know, and you sell those. And you're like, okay, well, now I sold 10,000 games. I made X. Now I need to buy 30,000 games. So what you made is all gone. Yeah. So, you know, like that was the, the game I was always playing. And now since I bought so many, it's, I'm not going to have to do that, which is great. And it feels like it's a big weight off my shoulders. And like I said, I can do things I've had on my list since like 2016 or 2015 that I've always wanted to do. And now I can do those things. Oh, that's beautiful. And you started off with the hip hop? Yeah. Hip hop, pop, country, and then soca dance off. Uh, how was going from hip hop to other genres? Was that like a, something? Yeah. So luckily, when I made the pop game, I actually had interns. I had five interns at the time. Uh, two of them worked on the business ideas and strategy, wrote the business plan. Um, another two um, did uh, writing for the game. And I had one more who doing like social media content. Mm -hmm. And they were getting credits for school. I was at oh, East Room good. downtown at the time. So mm -hmm. uh, we were there like two or three times a week and just like working on the business. And it was great. Like everything that they did, I think it took them like a year to do. And I had them for like three months. How'd you find these interns? Was it through like a platform? It or? was a friend. So a friend had his own business as well. And he was like, yo, you should get interns. And I was like, what do they do? And he's like, well, they're in the marketing media. I'm like, oh, that's perfect for yeah. me. So I think they were George, they were George Brown students. And uh, I put out an ad, I put out like a, like a, what's it called? Um, like a post mm -hmm. on like on their message like board. Like a job posting. Yeah, like a job posting on their message board. And I had a whole bunch of uh, like responses. That's a, a low-key gem. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. great. It was really great. Great students. Um, and they, they worked really hard. And one like the way how I know hip hop and R&B, one of the girls knew pop music like that. Like mm -hmm. pop music is its own culture. It's its own thing. And it goes so far back. So she was so happy to be working on the game because she really knew her stuff. And it was great to give her that opportunity. You know what I mean? She really loved pop music. So she helped write the game with another gentleman. Um, and they, I think they absolutely killed it. Like we all kind of wrote it together, mm -hmm. um, but like they put a lot of work into it. And then I oversaw, changed things, blah, 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 you know? But yeah, I absolutely give them all the credit in the world for the pop game. So what I'm holding in my hand right now is a country. Yeah. And I know you're not a country man. Nope. Right? Yeah. So walk us through the country questions, going in depth, getting people beefing over certain country questions. Yeah, like the, the, country, the country game. Yeah, is, how did, uh, this, did you come up with some questions as well? Or did you get some? No, I tried. You tried, I tried. Right? Yeah. So with the country, when I tried to write questions just to get the ball rolling, because I, I knew I couldn't do it, mm -hmm. right? 
And I was like, I know I need to hire somebody to do this, mm -hmm. but I want to get the ball rolling in terms of what I wanted the cards to look like. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote some sample questions down and um, I found, I put up a post on Instagram and I found a guy that lives in New York now, but he's from Texas. Instagram, he's got cowboy boots on, hat. Wrangler jeans. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's got like the flag in his bedroom. Like he's like through and through board. like a country man, yeah. you know what I mean? And another girl from Vancouver who grew up just like the country with her parents. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, perfect. So they collaborated. Um, and then I would go and test that one out to make sure every game gets tested for like almost like a year, to be honest with you. Like it gets really? tested like crazy. Okay. Yeah, because I make sure there's no holes in the game. So when it goes up there, it's like, you know, it's good. It's, actually, it's like a good game. It's, like it's a good game. Yeah. yeah. To make sure like the culture, you know, all these games have a different culture. You know, if, even if the cards, let's say they sound similar, they read differently because if you're part of that culture, like you hear yourself in there. You know what I mean? Like the country cards have questions about, you know, play a song about your trusty Steve. You never had that in the hip hop game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like play a song about, you know, like your woman or or God or like liquor. You know what I mean? Though those are like beer and all that. It's all country stuff, line dancing. So the the culture is is in that game. And just like every game that we make, mm -hmm. it's really important to me that you're getting authentic product, not just words on on a piece of paper. You're actually getting culture in a box. Mm. Have you heard any feed feedback from the country yet? Or um, not too much, but I know people have enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. um, the country one is tough because that was made during COVID, the beginning of COVID. Mm -hmm. And since we've been in lockdown up and down, I haven't been able to push that game like I've been able to push the rest of the games because gotcha. I haven't been able to make any content for that because we've been in lockdown like from time. almost every week. You know, what I mean, it's crazy. So. Beginning this beginning of um, so the end of last year, I said, okay, cool. Like in this year, is the year where I can finally put out advertisements, get people playing, tape them. But then uh, Omicron came out, mm -hmm. you know. So it's like now we're back in lockdown again. So there's people don't want to be outside like that. So now it's like, man, I just want to get this out to the people because I know they'll enjoy it. But it's hard because of where we are right now most definitely yeah. now let's talk about pushing up pushing it out to the people facebook and instagram ads have been big for you no yeah it's been huge huge walk us through how you've been able to advertise on the platform you know this is what i do so i want to dive deep yeah in so my first my first go at this um this was maybe 2019 mm -hmm. 2018 oh, i'm so bad with with the dates bro like 2018. You've been in the game for so long, yeah. you don't remember. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm an old 20. man out here. Yeah. Uh, it was like 2018, 2019. I was just like losing money. I had a bunch of products that I had to sell. And I was like, man, like I just gotta, I gotta try this out. I put, I made an ad, tried to spend no money to make it. My friend lives in the Marilyn Monroe buildings down in the Mississauga. Mm -hmm. And I was like, can you give me the building? He's like, yeah, I can try. You know, and I had my friend who was an actor. And I'm like, I need you to direct me this commercial. I brought like a bunch of games, put them on a table, like made like a pyramid out of them. And I just smiled and I was like, this is Ox God. And I wrote a whole script out, memorized it. Um, and then I had cuts of people playing the game mm -hmm. and then cuts of me like, you know, putting cards down and fanning them out and that sort of thing. And I put that ad up and I was like, it looks good. Um, I look very happy about the product. 
I got people playing that shows great social proof that the game actually works. It does what it's supposed to do. And I put the ads up and it was like flop, 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 flop. And I'm like, bro, I cannot catch a win. Like, like what's going on? You know what I mean? And I tested it for like a month. And in that month, bro, it was just like, it was like the EFT tour. Like Facebook would try to get money from like PayPal and then PayPal was like, there's no money. And then PayPal was going to like my bank account. Bank account had no money. It was going to my credit card. It had a little bit of credit left. And it was just like, boom, 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 it's boom, like you're boom. you're robbing Peter to PayPal. Yeah, and I was just like, <laughs> and I was like this. When I went to Rogers, there's one thing Ted Rogers did when he was starting out and he was in debt. They would call him. They let debt collectors to be like, call him. Or like, not debt collectors. They're going to be like his, his creditors, Yeah, you know? maybe cell phone towers or whatever, you need to pay blah, 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 blah. And what he would do is he would have all his bills and he would put his bills in a hat. And every month he would just pick a bill from the hat and he'd pay it. So when they would call him and like, yo, you need to pay, he'd be like, do you only put your bill in the hat or not? Because that's how I'm paying. Mm -hmm. So if you want your bill in the hat, leave me alone. That's kind of what he was doing. Damn. So for me, I was just like, you know what? You'll get paid when you get paid, bro. Like when I have it, you'll get it. It's not like I don't want to pay you. Yeah, it's like you can call me all you want. Exactly. This I don't have the money. I don't have it. Yeah. So you'll get it when I get it. Yeah. And eventually I was lucky. It was like around October, November. I started playing around with more research and I um had my ad went up. No, no, no. What was the research? Oh man, the research. So I was researching like really how Facebook, I thought I was doing a good job because I was doing a lot of interest targeting, like maybe put rappers in there and things that people would like. But then what happened for me that worked really well, which doesn't work that well anymore, which is unfortunate, is um, the lookalike audiences. Mm-hmm. Remember I was doing all the, um, I had the Instagram people that were buying the game because they saw the ad from the, the black entrepreneurship accounts. Mm-hmm. So luckily I had all these emails so I put those emails into Facebook and I was like, could you find people that look like these people? And then Facebook did it. And they were just like, the ads were hitting, like with them day one, it was like, boom, 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 Success. boom, 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 Shopify pings. And I was like, oh my God, like it's working. You know what I mean? And then people are buying the product, leaving comments like, yo, this is so fire. And I was like, holy shit, like I can pay my bills now, you know, up until December. And then that, that December I was able to like, you know, have Christmas gifts and like not be worried about it because like man's were legit broke. Like I was having sleep for dinner. Like, you know what I mean? I thought that you're on the, ra- the ramen diet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some so days the, I would just go to bed early. The lookalike audiences was like the key to you making this break. It was the key at that time, yeah. yeah. Damn, 1%? Yeah. 1% lookalike? 1% was crazy. 1% was like a surefire thing, always worked. Um, and I ran that one ad, that one ad, I didn't do any retargeting because I didn't know how to do that at the time. I didn't do anything else. I ran that one ad for like two years off of like retargeting audiences. Mm-hmm. And I was only spending like $100, $200 a day. And then I went to $500 a day. And I was like, oh, like this is a good amount. Like I feel comfortable with. And I just kind of stayed at $500 a day. And I ran that ad for like two years and it slowly started to die. And then I was like, what the fuck? I'm scared. What do I do now? Back to, you know, all the message groups that I was in. I'm like, back to the ramen. Diet. Yeah. I was like, what, what do I do? How do I fix this? But now I feel more confident because um, I've been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Yeah, I was like shook at that time. So then it worked out. So, you know, this is not coming from me, the, the marketer, it's coming from someone who's done it. <laughs> what are some tips you can give people who are struggling with marketing right now? Um, sorry. If you're marketing, it's, it's tough because everyone's product is so different. Mm -hmm. So your product might not slap, like it might be whack. Mm -hmm. But I think good marketing can always find a way to sell shitty products. Like when I was going through the Kickstarter, the things that I saw that were getting bread would just cheese me. Mm -hmm. I saw one toy, it was like a brush for a cat where humans- Is it the one you put in your you mouth? You put in your mouth and, and you, you can, can lick the cat. <laughs> I saw that. Are you crazy? I saw that. It was so like simple and dumb. Right. People loved it. And this is what people are buying and Hold people on, here are struggling. Bro. Bro. So, so you put plastic in your mouth. It's like a brush. A yeah. brush. To mimic a mother of the kittens. So imagine you're wearing like a mouth guard, but the mouth guard has like, it's like, your, it's like an extended tongue. Right, so it's like a plastic that just droops down with yeah. like a bristle on it. Right, and you can carry like the cat, and you can and just kind of like you do can the, do that. So the cat thinks it's actually being licked up. Wow! So all the cat moms, every cat, cat ladies owner, went cat crazy. Ladies, you know, <laughs> Listen, they loved it. Cat how ladies long, is on is on fire. I, how long would you use that for? Like, uh, how long would you use that for if you're a cat person? Maybe four months. Four months. I'm thinking like a week, and you're like, this is dumb. No, no, no. But like, you have to think about it. Like, it's just like, oh, like, it's if you see it, I, I was like person who's had a cat before when I was a kid. So you would buy that? Uh, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> I personally would not buy just because I'm just not that guy. Like I love yeah. like my pets and everything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, cool. But if I had like, if I, I know girls who own cats, mm -hmm. who are obsessed with their cats, who'd be on that like white on rice, bro. I'm telling this you. This is crazy. Yeah. I, I, like I'm in the matrix right now. Like this is crazy. Bro, yeah. this this is what people want, man. So yeah, seeing that, I was like, yo, you can really sell anything. Your product can be whacker than a cat mm -hmm. a cat brush, mm -hmm. a cat tongue brush. Your product, if your product is a whacker than a cat tongue brush, like you just have to find something else. Yeah, it's like one of those ideas. I mean, like why didn't I think? Why didn't I think about that? Right. You know. It's kind of like Scrub Daddy on um, Shark Tank. You've seen that product? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. like, why didn't I just not think about yeah. that? Yeah. But that product actually is a cool because like if you put on the cold water, it gets hard. Yeah. If you put on hot water, it gets it gets squishy. It's true. Right? And it has got a mouth where you can like do the forks and everything. Mm -hmm. Like that one I can kind of see. And, and cleaning products, you always need cleaning products. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't need a cat brush. And if it works that good, it's like I'm going to come back and buy more Scrub Daddies. Right. Yeah. Right. Most definitely. But yeah, like so like I think for advice for people is... Um, you have to learn how to market and what the psychology of marketing, I think is the biggest tool that mm -hmm. I learned. Um, and I learned that when I was doing photography stuff. Yeah. So like when I laid out, got laid out from Rogers, I was like, I'm going to go, go full time being a photographer. Right. And, um, I would always meet with people. Let's say I met with 10 people. I would probably, probably book three out of the 10. Right. And it wasn't like my stuff was bad. I think myself is pretty good, but it was because I didn't have a psychology of marketing. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a psychology of how to sell. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I took this course, um, by a guy named Derek Halpern. 
Well, I didn't took it. I, I stole it online. I did the touring. But like I did that whole course and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do every piece of homework in this course. Mm -hmm. And I read the module like zero and I was like running in my place. I don't forget this. And I was like, holy shit. He blew my mind in the first like video. And I'm like, this is going to work. This is definitely going to work. And what was um, the tip? Uh, the tip was, it was like, it was just like psychology of like marketing to people. So they would have like, he had like a, like a, like a field. Mm -hmm. And let's say your field is like this big and you have a line, a yes line where people will buy from you. So basically what he said was you would have people like little dots really close to the yes line. And these few people might be friends of friends, referrals, um, or acquaintances, right? Mm -hmm. The point is to get people that are over here, push them closer to the yes line with his like system. And I was like, holy shit. So he broke down parts of his system in this module, like these little pieces that you need to hit when you're talking to people to buy, to get them to buy your product and trust you. And, and I was like, oh shit, no, this is going to work. Because like, I remember being in like buying a car and having the car salesman kind of hit these things years when I bought a car. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, no, like this is not bullshit. Mm -hmm. This is gonna work. And I did every piece of homework like I was saying. And then from there, I started to rebrand my photography stuff, like with the words, not with like Becky's like artwork, with the words that I would tell people like what I do. And I went from book three out of 10 to like nine out of 10. And I think the next year I had made like, I think almost like $90,000 in photography. Wow. Yeah. More than I was making at Rogers. That model also works in sales too. So Jordan Belfort, mm -hmm. um, he wrote a book called The That's Way the of, Wolf of Wall Street Wolf guy. of Wall Street, right? Yeah. He wrote a book called The Way of the Wolf. And he has in sales, like everybody who comes in a sales conversation yeah. wants to be sold to. Right. And what you have to do is you have to move, he calls it a certainty scale. Mm -hmm. So if I get you to like a six, a seven, it's right. like I have to ask myself like, through this sequential process, where on the certainty scale are they not needing, they need more assurance on. So there's right. like stuff on trust, there's stuff on uh, product. Right. Like where on the certainty scale mm. on product are you on a scale of one to 10? Yeah. Right. So he can feel these things out. And sometimes he calls this uh, part, sometimes your conversation is going to Uranus, mm -hmm. right? Meaning like, if you are, he's called this, it's called a straight line method. And in the straight line method, he has all these different categories. And in each category, it's like a scale of like one to 10. Yeah. So you got to move through this straight line method of all these different things mm -hmm. to get to a yes, because right. everybody's going to say yes to a sale once you hit all these certain things. Yeah. So when you don't get a sale, you're probably missing out on yeah. one of these things. Yeah. And he, like everyone who uses straight line, that's how every person in Wolf of Wall Street, mm -hmm. he took an average Joe from high school, from college, with no background, and he yeah. taught them the straight line method right. to sell these stocks, and it worked. That's how everyone got rich. Yeah, like these frameworks, like they like they legit do work. The crazy work. The first thing that I remember that that was in this this course, he broke down different types of people. So there's people who are hesitant, people who are Feel like don't ha feel like they don't have enough money. Mm -hmm. People feel like this won't work for them. There's different like archetypes of people. And when you're going through your journey of how to sell, this journey actually answers all of their fears 
by the time you get to the end of it. Mm -hmm. So let's say you are someone who's hesitant, as from the beginning to end, you answer and you clear all their thoughts and all their fears. So the end, they're like, well, you are the guy. You know, I don't have to go anywhere else. I've had multiple people in my photography um, meetings would say, sit down and be like, this is the best presentation I've had. And I've seen like three photographers, four photographers. This is hands down the best photography meeting I've had. It's because like, I kind of like mind fucked them through their psychology. Mm -hmm. The work hasn't changed because the work has been the same. Um, it's just presented in a way where they're like, why would I go anywhere else? 100%. Yeah. That's good. Sales is all about psychology. It's yeah, it's a lot of psychology. It's all psychology, how you show up for the sale, mm -hmm. how you project. This is what we're talking about on the phone and yeah. sales. It's like they can feel your energy mm -hmm. through the phone. They can know when you're smiling. And he, Jordan talks a lot about it in his book too. So if you want I to had, check it out. I had a few people from Shopify, um, you know, they always email you like, hey, new products, da, 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 like, you know, sign up for this. And this one girl was like, hey, you're doing really well with this product. We want to increase you to like our um, like our gold package, which will cost me more money. And I was like, okay, well, what is in it? She's like, first thing she started off with was how much it would cost. And I was like, okay. I read the whole email, and there was nothing about like what it would benefit me with. Mm -hmm. Nothing that I'm going to use, and it's going to make my business better. And I told her, I'm like, hey, I'm not doing this. Like, I I have no time for this. And she's like, why? I'm like. I don't know what you're selling me. I don't see any value. There's nothing here that you said. And I was being nice. I was like, there's nothing here that you said that makes me want to be like, okay, I'll give you more money. Because there's, there's like her whole presentation was just like a, was like a bust, like it was a flop. There was nothing that spoke to me. I'm, you want my money? I'm selfish. I don't want to give it away. What is going to make me want to do that? Tell me. How, are you going to give me X amount more sales, right? Are you going to you know, help my business out X amount more times for this much more dollars. There was none of that. And I was like, I don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. It's Q4. I'm busy. Like, you know what I mean? I'll talk to you later. Lost a sale right there. Yeah. So one thing I learned from that whole process was like, when you sit to meet with somebody, you have 45 minutes to an hour because at the beginning of the meeting, that's when they're most excited. And that's when they're most like interested in what you have to say. Towards the end, the energy dies. You don't want to go longer than an hour. You want to get them in, get them out, you close it and be out. Oh, uh, and one thing I learned too, what I used to do, which is like really interesting, is that I would hand them their prices of what the photography would cost and I would sit there and I would wait. You know what I mean? And like, and I was like, if you have any questions, just let me know. And I was like, okay, they're not really talking in front of me. After like the third or fourth client, I was like, you know what, let me leave the room. And I remember when um, my family member bought a car, this is huge. The photographer, the, the, the car salesman left when he was like, think about it. And I was like, let me try that. And I came back in the room with, with the photography and this photography client, and they had a lot of questions. And I was like, okay, they're, they're, you got to give people time to talk in private so they can make their decision if they want to go with you or not. Mm -hmm. Because the other way, I would sit with them and they'll be like, okay, well, like, you know, we'll let you know. This way, when I left, they were discussing with each other and then they would usually book on the spot because they were like, you know, why are we going to go anywhere else? Yeah. So it was really interesting, the psychology of sales. Even in, uh, when I was working at Jeez. Good Life Fitness, 
there's like two ways you were supposed to sell. So you have like the membership, then you have the personal training. Mm -hmm. So what I would do is like when I'm selling the membership is I would present the price, um, I present the prices. There's like three tiers to psychology of pricing. There's like, okay, this is the highest one. Mm -hmm. We know we're not going to present. So we, you present that one first, right? Then you present like the lowest one. The, then you present like the, the middle. middle one yeah. last, right? And yeah. that's where you want them to do. Yep. So I'd go say, Hey, this is the pricing you present it. Psych psychologically, you don't say anything at all. Like mm -hmm. when you present the price, shut up, right? Let them think it over, whatever. They think it over. I get up and I go say, I'm getting another binder. Right. I'll be right back. So I take five minutes, leave them. Now they're marinating the price. Right. Come back. Like, hey, so what do you think? Yeah. And then now they've thought it over. There's no pressure to a decision. You right there. there. Yeah. And they end up choosing the last price I ended up choosing. Of course. Worked 100% yeah. of the time, man. Yeah. Such yeah. a gem. It's just like it, our minds are like hardwired to do certain things. Yeah. And it's just really interesting mm -hmm. that like, what you said to me is exactly what I was doing. And I don't know if you took a course, but like, I did a lot it's of the same training, thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's big. That's big. So as much was wrapping up, you know, where do you see Oxgod going in the future? Um, I see. I really want to do um, like more live events. Live events. Yeah, yeah. more live events. Yeah. So uh, we, we didn't touch on that. Talk, talk to us about the Oxford parties you used to do. Yeah, I mean, we couldn't, I mean, it's been shitty, right? The COVID. Of course, of course. But so before, before the Before, the, like, the yeah, they were just really fun, man. I thought, you know, the whole concept was if we get people to play Oxgod in their home and they feel they're really good at their home, to take these at-home battlers, put them on a stage with other at-home battlers, and we could just see, you know, who was the best out of those two teams, out of those two households. Mm -hmm. You know, that was kind of like the, the, the idea behind it. And then get a crowd to come and watch because everyone loves to hear music. And when you're playing Oxgod, it's like those games on like Family Feud or something. Like you, you ask a question and you're at home thinking like, oh, is this on the board? You know what I mean? So if you pull an Oxgod card, you're kind of thinking like, oh, like I play this. You know, what would they play? Mm -hmm. I hope they don't play that. And then you get the other part where like the judges have to deliberate and you're like, man, I can't believe they gave that point to that person you know what i mean so the the battles were fun they were alive i'm i just can't wait till we can do those again mm -hmm. i have a i have something to ask you so you've done photography start photography business then you did oxgod is there a point where you were dabbling with ideas were you searching for other ideas outside of photography um in terms of being an entrepreneur that like man that would be cool to try out this yeah would be cool like what were those ideas that you had before you landed to oxgod I had one idea. It's funny talking about brushes. Yeah. I had one idea that I thought would actually work, and then I saw it on Shark Tank, and they ripped this couple apart. It was um, so for women when they when they shampoo their hair, mm -hmm. like, and some of it falls out, right? Ah, it would be like on their yes. fingers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it'd be cool to have like a suction cup brush, like in the shower, that you can kind of like wipe, and it will take the hair off, and you can go back and start washing your hair again. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a great idea. And then I saw it on Shark Tank and I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'm like, they're going to get a deal for sure because this makes sense. And they got ripped. And I was like, shit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. It's a good thing I didn't do that one. <laughs> That's amazing, That's, man. That's uh, unreal. Yeah. yeah congrats. That was like one of the ideas that I thought about that I can like remember. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I was like, man, you went from photography to Ox, 
like as an entrepreneur, I know mm. you're probably thinking of ideas all the time because we always do that. Like, yeah, hey, that'd be dope. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. So it's cool to see that you thought about some of the things mm. before, you know, this landed on your lap like naturally. Yeah. And you follow through. With My it. next thing is like I've, I've been looking into vending machines a lot. Yeah. Um, I just other things, you mm. know, just to keep money going and keep things interesting. Build that wealth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you're an entrepreneur, you just want to keep creating and just like those investors, you know, they put money in 10 things, you know, two might take off. Mm-hmm. Facts. Now, um, one thing I want to mention as well, before we get out of here was, um, the strategy for going forward, you know, how do you see is it strictly going to stay on Instagram and Facebook mm-hmm. to you to grow? Do you, are you looking to TikTok? Are you looking yeah. At other platforms as well? Yeah. I tried TikTok this year. How'd it go? Um, we tried a bunch of ads. Like I made some very TikTok-y ads. Yeah. Like uh, in my, um, at my mom's house, with my like cousins and stuff. And they were getting some traction. They were getting a lot of clicks, but no purchases. Yeah. I'm seeing that too sometimes. So yeah. So I, um, that was a tough one. I got, I didn't really, I didn't really, I tried it for like maybe a month and it was really tough. I tried a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Um, you can't do lookalikes as well as easy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to make them took like 12 hours. Yeah. So it was crazy. Yeah. That was, that was really, really weird. But like, it's something I'm going to go back to for mm-hmm. sure because like the cost per click is really cheap on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had people that I've talked to and they're like, they've made a great bunch of money on TikTok. And I'm just like, how? See, the, the <laughs> challenge, right, is that TikTok, um, the targeting on TikTok, it's very um, broad. Yeah, I super find. broad. Super broad. Whereas on Facebook, you can go culturally specific yeah. or use lookalikes at an easier rate. Because yeah. you can't upload custom audiences to TikTok like yeah, you can. Because you have to use like, like a specific codes and stuff like that, like yeah. the AIDs or something like that to upload it. So that makes it right. a lot tougher mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs like us to get into TikTok because they yeah. don't have those capabilities. So it's just one thing that makes it tougher. And that's where Reels makes it easier because we can do the exact same thing. Right. But let's use the real the TikTok content on Instagram. Right. You know? Yeah, um, TikTok is tough. And even YouTube, I want to try. Oh, for sure. You kill it on YouTube. Yeah. So like, yeah. There's, like, there's a bunch of things I do want to try. It's yeah. just like now I feel like I have you know, I can do that because I'm not so constrained with mm-hmm. doing 10 jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, I can focus on like the few that I, um, that are like making money for the business every day. Got you. And we didn't give, give like some figures and numbers for the audience as well. So what would you say a normal year would be for you in revenue? Um, the first few years, uh, I didn't make much money. Uh, I just kind of like kept going because I was like, it's always tough because people say they don't make money, but they can pay their bills. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was paying my bills, but I wasn't making any money for the business. You know, um, I was able to, when things started to work, I was able to like obviously eat and like pay my credit card and like insurance and stuff like that. Um, and that's kind of how it is now. But like the first few years, I don't think I made very much money. Um, last year we just broke half a million dollars Canadian. Um, but even though it's crazy, like I always tell people like, hey, I, we made half a million dollars, but man's are still broke. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. the numbers sound good, but at the end of the day, it's like you're they're nowhere near you where you want to be. The other day I was thinking, it was like, how much money do you have to make to where like you're actually good? Because you make half a million for a business and you're just like still in debt. It's just, it's crazy. 
You know, it's crazy. Everything, it just costs so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear the number is 10 mil. 10 mil? 10 mil, I hear the number. 1 million is hard to make. Yeah. yeah. I, like Kevin O'Leary said, 1 million is hard to make. 5 million is super tough. 10 million is like nearly impossible. As a business. And As a business. This is what Kevin O'Leary said. 10 million. 10 million is like impossible. So it's like if you break 10 million, you're in an elite company of entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. And you're in a company of entrepreneurs where your business hasn't flopped because most businesses flop within like the first five years. If you can make it to year five and you're still floating, you're like an anomaly almost. To make it to 10 million, that's like, you're crazy. You're good. Yeah. Damn. That's the truth. Man, and let's hop on that note because that's the real note to, to leave <laughs> on. You know what right. I'm saying? So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the show. The hustle is what you can control. So control your grind and control your life. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen. I'm Mike Bamboo. Check me out at Mike Bamboo on Instagram. And get yourself a copy of Ox God, www.oxgodgame.com. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at oxgodgame. Exactly. Most definitely. Thank you all for listening. And make sure you... Check out our merch, hustleverything.co. Cozy pack, use the code WINTERHUSTLE on the website, $100, sweatpants and hoodies delivered straight to your door. And check out this podcast right here with Yara Kamal. She's one of the top sellers on Shopify in Canada. I'm selling yoga, so it's a great episode to check out. All right, y'all, we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace out.